Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Those Movie Dudes Podcast Show. It has been a hot minute since we have heard this theme song. I don't think we've had an episode of Those Movie Dudes in, uh, oh god, since April 10th. Yeah, we did Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Melancholia, and Ron. Uh, so it's been a hot second since we've had a Those Movie Dudes show. But have no fear. Movie-thon, relax, take a deep breath, because we are back with a different type of show, but it's going to be kind of the same. But first off, my name is Spencer, and I am joined by my pals Nate and John on a bi-weekly basis. Basically, we're three movie enthusiasts that just love talking about films. So what we're going to do is we're going to select two films that we think would make for a solid double feature. Whether it's similar themes, tones, filmmakers or actors, award accolades, as long as we can connect the dots in some way. We're going to take these two films, watch them, get together on Zoom and discuss what we liked, what we didn't like, and you know, compare and contrast the uh, differences, similarities, and whether or not these films would make for a solid double feature. So John's up first this week. He uh, he picked two unique mainstream films. He went with Sin Street and Perks of Being a Wallflower. So uh, two very interesting coming-of-age films, so we're going to discuss that. Uh, we do Sin Street first, and then Perks of Being a Wallflower is like 20-ish minutes in. So um, yeah, you can listen to that. First off... We do discuss our good friend Dylan, who is getting married next month, inconveniently on my birthday. So, yep, thanks, Dylan. Okay, but yeah, I don't, well, I don't know how know the ventilation be hot. is on your birthday, Spencer. Happy birthday! <laughs> well, hey, happy birthday! Here. Welcome to an extremely hot wedding. <laughs> I'm. T- I told Spencer he needs to wear like the typical party hat with like the really painful uncomfortable string over my idea was to show up and just start opening all of his wedding gifts because it's my birthday (laughs) wow i needed one of these (laughs) (laughs) oh a nice blender you know what john you can actually keep this one i already have one of them oh my god is this a baby carriage oh i needed one of those for my (laughs) blu-rays are we can we all just get him a blu-ray copy of the wrestler I'm down. I got him a DVD copy of it for Christmas, and he was literally so disappointed because he actually got me like two Blu-rays. Something nice. They were like twenty bucks. <laughs> it was like a four-dollar oh, DVD. DVD. Uh, <laughs> it was a movie that he was hated to too. Use. Um, he doesn't like. It. Even though I've I've heard take, it's a great movie. A hey, it's Darren Aronofsky. So I mean, I haven't. I, seen I, nobody wants to watch Mickey Rourke in a feature-length fucking movie. Like, I'm sorry, it's, but no one wants oh, to see that. I would. Don't I knock it until you watch it. I've yeah, seen Iron Man 2. To I don't it. need to see him in anything else. Completely I mean, okay. different. Completely um, different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, a, co- a couple of weeks ago, I put all of her names into a hat, and then I shook that hat for like a good 30 seconds, reached in, pulled out a name, and it was Mainstream Boy, which meant that he got to submit a film for us all to watch. The movie I picked was Sing Street from 2016. Uh, by John Carney, a little uh, Irish movie about a little coming-of-age movie with a little love story, some music, really fantastic Irish accents, and uh, it's just a movie I, I watched when it came out back in 2016, and I've always wanted to revisit it, so what better reason to do it than for the podcast? And I just got the Blu-ray, actually. And Nate, you had also seen this film, right? I saw this back in the first apartment, actually. I remember it pretty clearly. And Yeah, I, yeah. I think I remember raving about this movie i don't know if i saw it first or whatnot but i remember telling a lot of people being like all right sin street this is a great movie i think everyone's gonna enjoy it and kind of was like that annoying friend that always kept on like pressuring people to watch it until they did and they're like yeah okay it was fine and yeah i mean i've seen it like twice so uh, i think this is a film that we all have seen but i mean it's been yeah since like 2016 when it came out since we have seen it you know, fired back a couple of suggestions, and then you agreed that uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower would be kind of a good double feature for that. Uh, we also knew that Nate had not seen that film, uh, so we can get his kind of thoughts on that one, at least a first-time watch from somebody here. Um, so we'll talk mm. about that in the uh, second half of the show. But uh, we'll kick it off right now with Sing Street. That's great, son. Yeah, it's really Have you kissed her yet? She's got a boyfriend. Pulled off in his car, music blaring. What was he listening to? Genesis. No woman can truly love a man who listens to Phil Collins. So the guy with the car. It's complicated. As long as you're happy. You are truly on a hero's journey. Are you up to that? I think she's just an amazing human being. Yeah, so I, I really do. I think this was the first time I saw it since 2016. And I'm just looking at my list now from that year. And it's actually my second favorite 
uh, coming of age movie of that year behind. You want to guess it? Well, Edge of Seventeen. Is that Correct. The same year. Edge of Seventeen okay. is number nine. Sing Street is number ten. That and actually, Hunt for the Wilder People is right ago. behind that. Five yeah. years ago, I know it's actually insane. Isn't that? Didn't Nate? Didn't I remember going to see Edge of Seventeen? Yeah, exactly. We saw it in theaters. You did, yeah. Spencer. Yep. Yeah. Sing Street is just a movie that I instantly connected with. I just I've for some reason coming of age films first of all, and then if they have some sort of musical element injected into the film, and then this one has a pretty pretty interesting love story as well. It's just it's an instant connection for me. Um, it's from John Carney, who I think has done a mostly coming of age films. All involved music, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen once, but that was back in 2007. Have you seen that one, Spencer? I haven't, no. I know that he made it for like $160,000. Very independent. Oh, it was a Sundance like blowout. This one has uh, Ferdia Walsh Piello, which is quite a name, but he's actually, he was in uh, Coda, Coda, which we just talked about on Mainstream Boys, but he is yet again a singer in this movie and the lead. We also got Lucy Boynton in here, who plays Rafina, who I remember her from... Uh, God, why am I so blanking on or, uh, the fucking Rami Malek movie? <laughs> oh, Bohemian Rhapsody? Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. And then she <laughs> ended up actually dating him in real life. So I really liked her in that awesome. movie. And here here she is again. Um, actually, mostly unrecognizable because I thought for, one, for some reason she was the sister. But Lucy Boyne plays Rafina, so... So there you go. But yeah, I remembered the music being the biggest standout of this movie and also the fact of it taking place in Dublin, Ireland, just because it's, mm -hmm. you know, separates itself a little bit from the, you know, the American coming of age films that we see. And then we're going to talk about again, Perks of Being a Wildflower. Uh, so, you know, their culture is a little bit different. Uh, their way of speaking and kind of sometimes I had to put the subtitles on uh, to get the full sentences <laughs> just know what they're saying it's especially for some specific accents. characters but I just remember the music being actually very good and it's original music I think just John Carney does a great job with musical films because especially with Begin Again Nate you've seen that one right mm -hmm. yeah I mean that one is very much kind of like the same type of movie like you know love story mixed with music uh, and that's what he did with Once so I'd be a little more curious to see him diversify a little bit more and like with his next project and do something a little bit different just to see how he, uh, how he does adapt in kind of like a different genre. But I think he's kind of nailed this because this movie is just, it's very charming. It's heartwarming. It, like I said, it's got great music and it flows very nicely. And it's just, it's just a feel good movie. I, I liked that. I had seen game of Thrones and so I recognized the father. Aiden I, Gillian. Yeah. <laughs> he's a I, dick I in this movie him. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, is he? The f yes. He's kind of an asshole. Well, the mom it's isn't. Little, well, to be fair, well, the mom is doing some messed up shit. But nice either. Yeah. So yeah. he kind of has a reason, but money know, causes marriage struggles. Marital yeah, problems, Nate. In your wheelhouse. You before. Yeah. That's just. <laughs> yeah. That's just what I gravitate towards. Is just failed marriages. And first time I saw this, it was it was good. I enjoyed it a lot. And I liked Drive It Like You Stole It, but there was another song and I couldn't remember the name of it. But the only reason I remember it is because the mom of the kid whose house they go to all the time, she like comes in and brings like a tray of cookies and she's like jamming yeah. out with them too. That one was awesome. I, I love that scene. I love that song just because it had kind of like an upbeat, uplifting sound to it compared to like a more hard rock song. But they did a really good job with some of like the fantasy sequences. Like when they're the rehearsing. Scene, right? Yeah, they're yeah. rehearsing. And then it cuts back and you see this. I'm sitting there going, wow, they got a really nice crowd until it cuts back. And it's just those six people all snapping their fingers like they don't know how to dance. Yeah. And I think <laughs> yeah, exactly. that was to <laughs> like I Drive It Like You Stole It. That whole concert yeah. scene was, was to that song. Yeah. And like everything that. You know, it's like his fantasy and his vision of these music videos, which you he kind of talks about it throughout the movie. Like he has these insane visions that he's inspired by from uh, like the American music videos he's seeing of like Duran Duran on TV and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like that scene itself is like it all comes together and his family is like all the things he wishes would happen with his family are in that scene. Exactly. And like that scene back is, to the future is awesome moment where he even like mentions yeah. it before going on. So you seen back to the future, right? Like that's the type of video that he was trying to go for. Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> yeah. I love that scene too. Like all of the uh, people from the movie, the supporting ensemble just arrive and just do what 
you would least expect them to do. Like their reverend comes in, and does like a triple backflip, and just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's so silly. He points at them but, and then just walks out. <laughs> um, this movie to me kind of always has had one flaw, in my opinion, and it's it even kind of popped up again on this rewatch. It's the, the end accents. Oh, I wasn't. I'm not big on the ending. See, it just seemed like if, I, if I, they had I, cut it at a certain point, I'd agree with you because yeah, there I didn't was like how they cut something it. that didn't need to be there. Not that it has any real re- relevance, but if they had cut it like two minutes shorter, it probably would have been a little better. But also, I'm like, I'm not confident in their travels to England. Like when it ended, I literally Some like turned seas. to work. I'm like, I don't think they made it. Like I really don't like. <laughs> Maybe I don't, that I was do the not point. Think they made it. Yeah, Maybe I don't that know. Was They're the in like point. a skiff, and there's like a hurricane that's the coming case, through the it, English like, Channel. It kind of diminishes the, all the feel good, like nature of it, because the whole scene leading up to that, when they go back home after the concert, and they go to the brother, and they're like, "Hey, uh, can you help us leave?" And he's like, "All right, let's go. <laughs> like, let's do yeah. it." <laughs> it just gets up and helps them escape. Um, but that I was mean, such yeah, a heartwarming moment there. Like, that yep. was one of the only ones, like, him and his brother had, it wasn't super prevalent in the movie, but when it popped up, it was some of my favorite moments, just because you saw how upset the brother was, not at his younger brother for, like, achieving his goals, but, like, he's upset with himself and what he's feeling, and... Just that whole camaraderie between them when he like jumps in the air and throws his fists. I was like doing the same thing. I was like, yeah, yeah. he made it out kind of thing. So that's great really to nice. see because he's like at at at, start of, at a certain point living vicariously through his brother, his younger brother, because he mm-hmm. he's a college dropout and he's like a disappointment to his family. And he's always I I always love how he just he's like always nagging at his sister when she's literally doing nothing wrong. He's just like talking hey, well, shit about her right to her face. All the time. I know, and it's it's great, but that that final scene, I really do love it so much because it does give you that kind of like moment with the brother, and, and even the moment when he's by himself in the car, he's like so, like it's like a huge weight has been lifted off his shoulder. It's almost like he succeeded at the same time. So I actually, it's a little cliche, yeah. but I I, I, would, I really yeah, no, love that. I'd agree that I think that the brother relationship was honestly a little bit more touching than the love relationship that happened in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was stronger, and the and it even ends like the first credit is before it says written directed by john carney it says for all brothers out there that's like mm-hmm. the first credit when it ends so i yep. mean definitely there was some strong emphasis on that uh being prevalent in the movie and i think it is too i mean like they have that one scene like i mean he's a very hardened character the older brother uh played by jack rayner who i think gives a really good performance um mm-hmm. and he's uh, awesome he is sending them off and he hugs the girlfriend. Then like, he looks at his brother and like questions it. Then he like reaches out for the hug. And just that moment yeah. right there, it kind of was like, okay, yeah, they're, they're great. Because yeah, I mean, he was like, like when he gives like that big spiel to him, like how like he paved the way for him before he uh, was born and stuff and stuff like that. To give uh, him an easy life. Just, yeah, exactly. He had to watch his like parents who didn't love each other, like live together. I don't know. Like it, it was a very, yeah, very touching moment to this movie that, I kind of had forgotten about it because I mainly thought this movie was like all like love and music and stuff like that. And then the brother relationship definitely. Was In the like, end, oh, it really is about sweet. like the the brother brother relationship, the younger brother older brother relationship. Because, I mean, that for most of the film, the the love story is almost it's a lot of tension, but it's not really. It's not like they're actively falling in love, going on dates like a like a typical romantic drama would. But it's not up until like the very end that like they actually kind of have a thing for sure you know yeah so um but i mean the other great thing about this movie is like the camaraderie between um i think his name is Eamon and uh manager the young guy connor no Eamon was the is this is the the music writer like the bass player the one whose house they play at okay i really like his song sure come in (laughs) yeah three moments (laughs) like that in this film that i really liked it was one when he arrives at the um uh, love in Rafina's house and she's like hey do you want to go to an adventure and she doesn't say anything she just walks right out of the door and goes yeah. with him second it's one was yeah that scene you want to write a song he's like absolutely and like walks right out and the third was the brother trying to help him escape just like no questions mm-hmm. asked got your back type stuff and it was just very refreshing and camaraderie nice is, is yeah. definitely real between all the characters even at the end with the bully he's like 
do you want to get out of here? Like, they, he just yeah. put all things aside, help us out. You're going to be in your element regardless. Throwing yep. people off the stage, like, love that. I wish there was one scene, though, where, like, they were getting heckled, and then all of a sudden she came out of nowhere and just fucking stalked him in the side of the head or something. <laughs> like, that would have been great. One scene where he becomes a bodyguard for the for the band after beating the shit out of them in the beginning. Oh, someone hops been... up on stage, and he's just like, yeah. get out of here. One just <laughs> yeah, points him at him. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Conor McGregor at, like, 15 years old. Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah, you could definitely make that connection. Who knows? Why not? I've always just really enjoyed this movie. It's one that I'm going to revisit. It's just the genre that I love. The music introduced into this film helps just drive it through the entire thing as well. It's just, especially when they make all the music videos, like during each music video, the story is developing throughout the entire thing as well, you know, as as they go through that, Um, especially the one where it's the song, The Riddle of a Model or something, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. That's like their very first music video. Absolutely yeah. love that scene. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's it's so cool. The way that they cut between <laughs> the kid actually filming it and then the actual movie, it's it's great. And they do that on multiple I, occasions throughout the film. So <laughs> My favorite part is the kid who brings the cowboy outfit. Yeah. And he's like, that's all I got. That's all I've got. And then he's like, what kind of band is this? He's like, oh, it's a rock band. That's a gay band. <laughs> I'm cool. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the kids are just different. Like, the most... They couldn't have been more different from one another. But they all just were kind of like, Hey, is the that this kid interest. home? Uh, yeah, sure. Do you play any instruments? Yeah. All right, you're in. <laughs> it's like yeah. it doesn't even really matter. And they're but... all, like, really good, too. <laughs> it's, that's like Yeah, randomly. Part. Or they yeah. learn super quick. At first, I, I didn't quick. think that... Uh, the like Connor, the main character, I thought his voice was a little bit not good, but it's I think it works because he's he is this like kind of shy kid slowly coming into his own and then he actually does like find his voice, you know. But the Rafina um, character was awesome. Like okay, a lot of times him. you'd see a character you'd see a character like that and she would like belittle them at first and then kind of weasel her way in. But in this one she was like, you know what? This kid had the courage to come talk to me. I'm going to give him the time of day. And I like it when a story kind of unravels like that because it does things that you wouldn't expect from some characters. And that might have something to do with the director and maybe he had relationships like this that he was able to bring to it. But all the characters I thought were spot on. Yeah. She is great. She's like instantly accepting of him. And then as soon as she realizes kind of his talent with, and they have the typical mixtape thing and, all that stuff, which I'm finding all these connections right now already, Spencer. Um, oh, yeah. There's connections. But, yeah, lots of connections. But the whole mixtape thing and, you you know, they cut the scenes of her just, like, listening to it, crying at a park bench. It's just, like, there's so many scenes, like, individual moments with characters that I think just further the story and get you better connected. Yeah. Um, and, and she's just great because with all the band members, with everybody, it's just, like, instantly fits in. And, you know, it's just a part of the group. And, I again, camaraderie is just fantastic in this movie. Okay. So. Do you guys want to grade this film now or at the end? I think we just grade it now. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, Sing Street on the second rewatch, I liked it just as much as I did the first time. I kind of went on Letterboxd and I was like, what did I grade this? And I clicked on it and I was like, I'll leave it there because it didn't really change. There were some things I noticed, some things that I kind of forgot. It came up and I was like, oh, that's nice. Because at some point I had thought that Connor and that Amid or whatever that friend of his I thought they got in a fight at some point but I'm, I'm definitely thinking of a different movie um but it was just a pleasant surprise just kind of seeing this coming of age story from a different place it's it's definitely not the stereotypical American one where it's just a bunch of American kids doing their thing falling in love like this is boarding schools abuse um failed marriages it's my thing so it just kind of worked out and the songs were fantastic especially if they were made for this movie then more power to you um so i gave it a four and a half out of five and i'm gonna stand by that just because it's a good grade, there wasn't yeah. really a lot of flaws with it other than maybe some just like stereotypes as far as the way the story went like john said with the the mixtapes and kind of the band getting together, but it was it funny. It is the 80s, but, you know. Because they did it in a really witty way. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. like Spencer said, the 
just no questions asked. Like, yes, I will do that. Those were little chuckle moments. Like, yeah, he could have walked up to him and been like, hey, we're going to go jump out of an airplane without a parachute. You in? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. That's just kind of <laughs> yeah, the reaction it would be. And I appreciate the movie for that. So four and a half out of five. It's a really good grade. Uh, although I saw on Letterboxd that I had it at a four and a half when I first saw it. Uh, which is the same grade, but I, I'm I'm not gonna do just a just a four out of five. I think it's a very good movie. It's a solid film. I think it has really good performances, great music. Uh, I really like the story and the uh, characters' relationships with one another. And like I said, it's taking place in Dublin, Ireland. It separates itself a little bit more from the typical coming of age stories that we're used to seeing, especially being uh, American fucks. So um, I'm going to go... Uh, Uncultured. Yeah, That's what we are. A good four <laughs> out of five. I think this movie is fantastic. If you if you haven't seen it, I mean, you have to go and watch this movie. This movie just will make you feel very warm and bubbly inside. So it's interesting. And I think that's Very that's bubbly. the biggest testament. It's it's these types of movies that I feel like I can relate to. I mean, we're all we're all young adults. You know, we've all been through similar situations. I never tried to start a band. I have zero talent. I was barely I could barely play Guitar Hero. But you know, I I still think that we can all relate to being the the wallflower. You know, the the weird uh-huh. kid. But he's got a he's got an interest. He's got a talent, and uh, I, I just love seeing him go on that journey and funnel up along the way and having all these awesome band members that you know they stick together because they're in the band and they have a lot of adversary to break to to fight yeah. against especially the freaking even though the, he, the he head... left his band and went to england and yeah well no but they, he did have the conversation with Eamon that he was going to try to get a record and then come back and get them out of there mm. so yeah. likely oh man but yeah now the film is cliche it has some some moments that are definitely far-fetched especially the ending is just a little ridiculous but i actually fell in love with that ending because they decided to go there i was like you know what great because they they kind of did the same thing in baby driver from what i remember um a little bit yeah. but i really liked it uh i gave it a five out of five apparently in 2016 i think i'm gonna go four and a half i don't think it, yeah. it hit me as much as it did back then, but it's it's really, really a good movie that I think is under the radar that probably a lot of people have not seen. So um, for the music alone, you should definitely you should definitely watch it. Yeah, uh, you can watch it on IMDb TV. Uh, oh, with, really? With okay. ads. But <laughs> however, I had ad blocker on my uh, iMac, so there was no ad played once. And I was like, wait, I thought there was supposed to be ads. Uh, and no, I was good. Damn, the whole movie. I might so have to. Uh, it was just like to do that. Sometime. Being on Amazon Prime. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's how you can I watch it. Um, it. Although I hope you have seen Sin Street because it's uh, it's very good and you should watch it. We countered Sin Street uh, for the double feature, and we went with the little perks of being a wallflower. Dear friend, I haven't really talked to anyone outside of my family all summer, but tomorrow is my first day, and. I really want to turn things around this year. You know, they say if you make one friend on your first day, you're doing okay. Hey, freshman toad! Go get him! Come on, hop! Let's move it, boys! If my English teacher is the only friend I make today, that would be sort of depressing. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a film that came out in 2012. I don't remember seeing this in theaters, because we were kind of making YouTube movie reviews is, at that time, and we definitely did like not right cover before. this. No, this yeah, is this like was right before. Like, yeah. We were right watching before. movies. We had started making lists, but no, we didn't. We didn't go to like the Nickelodeon theater and see. I this feel movie. like I I first checked this movie out on Redbox. It came out okay. on DVD, and you know, it came up at the local Redbox, the grocery store. I was like, okay, I heard this is a good movie. You know, I'm also in high school at the moment, so let's uh let's watch Parks Being a Wallflower. And I remember being like, okay, this is different from like you know the other films that I'm kind of used to seeing, and I remember really liking it. And I have not seen this movie since. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've seen it since at least 2013-ish. I think that's when I might have gotten the Blu-ray and watched it for the first time. Yep. Um, and it's interesting because like when it came out, I guess, well, 2013, I was a senior. But, you know, it came out around the time where it's still fresh. Like the high school experience is still very fresh. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, Emma Watson, we all, you know, all had a crush <sighs> on her. And she's finally in something that's not Harry Potter. Uh, so that yeah, was kinda, you know, exactly. That's exciting. Um, but, Nate... You hadn't mm-hmm. seen this movie until last week. Exactly. Um, I haven't so rewatched I am... it yet, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, Wait, I'm wait. just... <laughs> <laughs> All I knew was just kind of word of mouth from you guys. 
and just other okay. people who had seen it being a coming of age kind of a downer um emma watson's in it and like spencer said it's not harry potter so it's like oh my god blasphemy but yeah i really didn't know anything at all i knew that the lead character what's his name like dylan German, oh, that's what charlie? it is yeah charlie yeah but uh yeah no i really kind of went in virtually blind i had seen like little clips here and there from like youtube videos talking about coming of age movies and of course the scene with them in the tunnel like that's kind of a iconic pretty famous scene so yeah no it was nice kind of going into this one blind because right under failed marriage movies is coming of age films so this one was also kind of up the alley as well Typically, they do kind of go hand in hand because within coming of age films, there is a lot of marital trouble with the parents. I believe that definitely happens in this movie at one point. It's it's not really on the surface, but it's definitely part of the uh, of the story. Mm. So in this case, being a wallflower, which I actually had to Google, but it basically just means, you know, being very shy and submissive and stuff. And Logan Lerma is very much that character in the beginning, like. There's scenes where he's like talking so quietly. He's like, oh, I hope, he, I hope, he, I hope I see you guys at school. Uh, and, and then they're just like, yeah, see you. They have like the music blasting. So, and it's just, it, it's kind of, it's a little cringy at first, I think, with his character because he's just so shy. And like the scene when he's walking up the, the rafters with his nachos and he just looks so like scared and yeah. stuff. But yeah, we've all been there, you know, and, cool. and watching cool. him grow is great. I what, what I do appreciate about this movie, though, is that you gradually learn context about that character and why he is the yeah. way he is. Goddamn. And that, when I remember I first watched it, it just hit me at a left field. And I was like, whoa, where did this come from? So yeah, Nate, you hadn't seen this before. So what were your, you know, what do you think about this one? I appreciate it because it did what some coming of age movies kind of avoid and that's going into the dark side Mm -hmm. as far as not like yes divorce and stuff like that which you can see in some coming of age movies yes that's an awful thing that's an obstacle obstacle for the character to overcome this one was different and i was like half expecting it half not because there were little hints throughout the movie but it didn't give you enough to piece them together until you kind of see how everything plays out. But they did a real good job at masking it with the new friends. Because instead of focusing on the kid and his troubles, they focused on him overcoming them and then slowly introduced why he was like that, which I kind of like. And a very odd group of characters. Like when Ezra Miller popped up, I'm like... Of course he's in this movie. Of course he is. And they really go Making to the fun of Tom Savini, their shop teacher. Yeah. They really oh, go there with the the whole quirky, just like how different these people are, you know, especially with like the Rocky Horror Picture Show scenes. Um, which are shot so well and Emma Watson is just wow. Um, but you know, th- those scenes and among many others just show how kind of out there these characters are. But you really you can't help but love all of them. They're just they're pretty great. But to be fair, there is one that I don't like, and this is just one, it's probably 20, 25 minutes of the movie that I honestly, it takes me out of it. I get that it's, wait, it Mary happens. Elizabeth? Yeah, it's Mary Elizabeth, right? Yeah, I don't like that her. That character? Yeah. I don't like her. It, I, okay. I, it's that clingy girlfriend person that I feel like she's a senior at this point, so it feels like she would be out of that phase. It just seems a little bit out of place. When she just like yeah. latches on to him randomly, and it's clear that he has no interest. You know what I mean? It, it I to... totally, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from because yeah, that the movie does kind of grind to a halt a little bit when he gets when he uh, is in a relationship with that character. But yeah. uh, it is definitely necessary for his character to go through that, and it creates how conflict. He gets to the place he gets to. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he has. Yeah, because he kind of relapses a little bit, and it's just like it goes to that level that you just kind of don't expect. Uh, and it's it helps you yeah, get through maybe... like like it, it's like a, a few months go by or something. So it helps the movie kind of pick up the pace a little bit and get to like the end of their senior year throughout that relationship. But at least the beginnings of that, like after the first dance, I I just that scene it it irks me every time because I'm just like, why does this have to happen? Can't he just be with Emma Watson, yeah. please? Um, but that, yeah. that's just one thing that's always kind of bugged me <laughs> a little bit. Um, and, that, and the that relationship curtain, was uh, almost shown like a montage. 
like it didn't really even last that long. It was just like he did. The, yeah, oh, he narrated together. I love his narration of that. I love it. Yeah, it's them in the cafeteria, them at like a party, and then them at the party where yeah. it starts to change. So it's like. The scene with his dad. They, I guess they needed with Dylan McDermott's yeah, they needed character. To give him he's in the kitchen. He leaves the phone upstairs, and then he's just like, "Is she on the phone right now?" He's like, "Can I break up with her?" He's like, "Oh no!" He's like, "You should break up with her." He's like, "I can do that." <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's just great, and yeah, love it. Yeah, it gave him a relationship because he had never had one, and so giving him this one before whatever happens next, it's almost like he's let down. Like, oh, this is what. A relationship is like kind of thing yeah it almost like opens his eyes yeah this movie would because he's learning all these different things that he'd never known before because obviously he was in love with sam who was just kind mm-hmm. of back and forth with other people and oh my god that cringe character craig who's like in college yeah and he's still hanging out with them yeah so it's on some uh some color film with uh black and white photo paper you know i got an a but you know, all for yeah, the wrong reasons fuck craig dude craig it's the same yeah, yeah. wow craig that's another connection i just found and then uh Shane he's like Williams. craig you write poetry right no i mean poetry writes me i'm just like i fucking <laughs> fuck hate you. this person so much <laughs> but yeah it's only like gonna date him and go to prom with him uh, just like, you know, Rafina would just blow off uh, the other guy and hang out with the other uh, dude in the car, the older that, man. That does Love bring him. up the best, I think, the best advice and very common in at least American coming-to-age films. There's always a teacher, a, a teacher with wisdom, this being Paul Rudd in this film. Um, who plays uh, Mr. Anderson, um, which it's like the same thing in uh, Edge of Seventeen. But a little bit more, just like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, it's a little bit Paul more uh... as your freshman year English teacher. I mean, like it's it's a uh, thing. It's always there. But the the scene when he's like, uh, you know, we accept the love we think we deserve. I think that that's just such a such a good lesson. I think because everybody goes through that where they're trying to like they're trying to understand why why is Emma Watson dating this piece of shit dude? Like why can't I do anything about it? You know, it, it... that advice actually it. it it does a really good job at carrying over because it goes from Paul Rudd to Charlie. And then you see it pop up later on where it's like, I love that he, wow, normally lessons like this don't hang around very much. And they introduced it again. And I was like, he's also using these lessons that he's learning from other people. And then, and then saying them, I guess later on, like he's reiterating the, the uh, advice that he's been given. And I like that as well. I always, I always think that that's cool when they do that. One thing that I, also appreciate about this movie and it's again a testament to how dark the story does get um but i think also the use of editing was really powerful was just all the flashbacks that were revealing what the aunt did to him as a kid yeah um definitely some molestation stuff happens and uh sexual abuse something like that went down for sure but just i loved how like you don't really know but you fucking know it it also it just comes out of nowhere and it only explains the character of charlie even more yeah it makes it ends up making so much sense because there's there's got to be a reason why he's so submissive and when there are little hints when he talks about how he lost his best friend and that finally is like the wake-up call for uh sam and patrick when they're like oh shit like this kid's alone you know we need to like envelop him into our friend group but yeah there there is a lot under the surface with this movie that it does take the entire film to develop I'm up till uh, up until the very end, and I think that's it. Just gives the film so much more weight than your typical coming to age movie because it does go to those genuinely dark places of suicide yeah. and and child abuse and and stuff like that that you're not going to see in the kissing booth, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's, oh, thank God. It's, it's no it's really fucking kissing booth. No. no, I mean it says it's it's PG-13 for mature thematic material, drug and alcohol use, sexual content, including references, a fight. All involving teens. That fight so, was quite yeah, a scene you know. too. Especially that was the way that it, yeah. it turned the story on because its head. Because you don't you know? know. Again with the editing, you yeah. Don't just really understand. Did a good job, like, yeah. He's like, "Fuck with my friends," and like, "What do you say?" Or like, "I'll end you," or something. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, something like, or I'll, or I'll, or I'll, "I'll squeeze the breath." I've it was something that was like, I'll "Oh, end really? Your that's your breath line? or something." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not fitting for him <laughs> yeah. as a person. But if you touch, if you hurt my friends again, I'll enjoy your Zoa or something. Like something very corny, but he at tried. the moment you're kind of like, tried. 
he he did knock them all down, so I guess he has the right to say that. The shot of him yeah. shaking and like the bruise and the blood on his hands and stuff, like it's just crazy because it's it's all of that time leading up to that moment. It's like there's just so much emotion and energy built into this just coming of age movie. There's it actually has to me like a, a very gritty element from the way that it's shot. It's actually like very gritty looking. Um, so yeah, so and I think that added this movie to it. Was shot on thirty five millimeter film. This was literally a movie that was shot on film mm-hmm. which is not i mean it was typical but i mean not anymore a studio drama comedy teen movie not, they're gonna shoot it on digital yeah. nowadays i mean since yeah that was all shot with the red epic camera all digital um and it very much felt that way as well this yeah for sure they get, it's got that film feel to it like the grittiness the grain uh, it's very Sundance. Yeah, it's got that like you would um, expect. yeah sepia type tone to it. So it's, it's, it's more like fly on the wall type of filmmaking. Yeah. It's like it's weaving you in throughout these parties and these characters' conversations that are essential to this character, and that's why we kind of grow to like him because we were all a blank slate once, and we're all trying to make friends in high school. And the way they masked what happened to him with him defending her, yeah. And being like, and showing us only the good. And then halfway through, as he's starting to be really happy, he remembers. And then he just kind of, it sets off. And that final scene. It did get to a point where I was like, oh, they're going to go like hospital route. I didn't know if that was going to happen, but they immediately didn't. And that's when Joan Cusack's character yeah, Why comes was Joan in. Cusack in this movie? Um, Joan Cusack <laughs> they just is needed the a queen name. of just showing up in the third act of movies and that just was being so like, weird. hey, I'm here. Because have you ever seen Instant Family? It's all of a sudden, she's just there. Mm. Okay. But she's, <laughs> she's literally all of a sudden the third act, hey, I'm Joan Cusack. It's like, what? Like, hey, we need a, we need a doctor in this from? movie for two minutes. Uh, can you call yeah. Joan Cusack? Can we get Joan Cusack on the line? <laughs> like, we, we need a, a character to say three and sentences. she pulls up. She got like an eight second walking away scene in the hallway. Totally unnecessary. She's great in school of rock. That's for sure. She was great in say anything. So like she's great as Jesse in Toy Story. That's Joan Cusack. Ooh. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Joan and Joan Cusack. Cusack plays the mom too. I did not know that. I just Voice knew her as a cowgirl. Mom. That was a toy. Nate, as as it being your first time viewing, what would be your kind of your final thoughts on Perks being a wallflower with Logan Lerman? It it was nice. Um, one thing that did kind of bother me, and it's not really her fault, but. I don't think Emma Watson's American accent is the greatest. She went it's back like and forth. I can see her kind of. She had the British. Come I can out see a her bit. kind of masking it, yeah, or trying to, and then them having to touch it up a little bit. But her character itself was awesome because she was almost like in the same situation, but she's been through it, and so she sees it at, from a different perspective. So it kind of. Shows why those two characters click. And then some odd side stories with uh, the Ezra Miller character. And the quarterback or and whatever. Yeah, yeah, just like it just added that high school drama that needed to incite Charlie doing what he did and us kind of finding things out. But other than that, it was very well done. And the music, I love how they had classic records and stuff like that and they were just playing all this classic music and well, david bowie the song in there. that they play yeah. yeah the song that they play and like there's one at the dance it's called come on eileen that oh, came yeah. on and i always hear it at hannaford and so i was kind of like <laughs> yeah there the we go one okay thing i know this about this movie though is during that dance sequence with come on eileen they cut it right at like one of the best parts of the song. At the drop, it's like, if you're in theaters and you're just jamming out, it's gonna cut and you're gonna look like a fool. Come on, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, no, I I thought this movie was fantastic. Some things here and there, but I I can't express enough how much I like when a movie goes a little darker, but it doesn't make it unbelievable, and that's testament to the characters and i thought they were cast really really well so i'm giving perks of being a wallflower a four and a half out of five i thought it was fantastic coming of it i almost bought it at bull moose the other day i saw a blu-ray copy and i was like maybe someday yeah (laughs) Yeah. definitely worth it maybe someday 
good I, to have on your I shelf. really enjoyed watching this again, and um, I appreciated how kind of layered this movie is and how much they do give other characters some spotlight. I mean, you kind of learn a lot about some of the supporting ensemble. I mean, one girl likes to steal jeans, even though her family's rich. Uh, <laughs> the sister with Nina Dobrev uh, dating the uh, the ponytail guy. Uh, ponytail Derek just, or something. Oh, ponytail Pete. Ponytail, ponytail Derek. Derek. Yeah, yeah, ponytail Derek. The quarterback in Ezra Miller's relationship. Uh, Sam and the Craig fucking guy. Craig's just wanting to snap his neck every time you see him. Uh, so, I mean, like, you got all Craig these characters that, that have some layers. <laughs> no, he's the worst character in the movie. He's the annoying. Craig's fucking guy. He's of the guy at the party that Craig, no one though. wants to talk to. Yeah. Uh, but thinks he... Yeah. But anyways, I liked where this movie went in the different directions it was it was not afraid to go a little dark i know that the uh the director and writer of this movie actually wrote the book uh and he then got the rights to adapt his own book and that doesn't really happen like he's not really a filmmaker he's an author and got to just adapt his own book into a movie and this is i think one of his feature debuts and i thought he knocked it out of the park for a feature debut this is actually a really solid film uh, it's well shot, well casted, well acted. Uh, I'm going to go right there with four and a half out of five. This is one of the more unique coming of age films, kind of like what this double feature was today. Unique coming of age films. So, yeah. And that's that's kind of what I was going for. Not the generic, but the coming of age films that do hit you in that in the heartstrings, but in a, in a genuinely different way. And I think that's what this this one and Sing Street really do. I think this is one of the first roles I saw Ezra Miller in. And Same. his character is just really, really good. Like for all around, just honestly, he he has a way of carrying pretty much every scene because he's like the opposite of Logan Lerman. He's like the flamboyant and kind of uppity person, but there's a lot underneath, you know, where it's 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 very dark and he has a lot to hide and there's a lot of they call him nothing. Yeah, from like the, like the opening scene, the teacher calls him nothing. It's like there's a lot to unpack there. And judgment from the teacher, even in that moment, you know. But there's just a lot of great character moments. There's the scenes in the tunnel, the music that goes along with it. The messages that this film is trying to send are just, you know, they hit you because they're they're genuine. And I think a lot of people do go through a lot of these scenarios in one way or another. So and that's what a coming-of-age movie should do. It should teach good lessons and be relatable. And that's what this is. So um, four and a half out of five. It's, it's another great movie. I think it's... I'm going to say slightly has a slight upper hand on Sing Street for me. Really different, but I I agree. do like it better. So, yeah, it's like same idea. Yeah, it's just but like a different ballpark. I don't know. Yeah. Just like, can't compare. That's why I thought that this would be kind of a good double bill for Sing Street just cuz and I didn't really realize it until I watched both of them, but there are a lot of similarities. It's, it's actually insane, dude. I wish I was in writing them down like you said you were. <laughs> I wrote it down. I mean, all this stuff, a couple of things. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, both coming of age, has the awkward protagonist that doesn't really fit in, trying to make friends and come out of their shell. Uh, both are in freshman year of high school. Mixed both tapes. are in love with the girl that is kind of in love with somebody else uh, or just always with somebody else. Strong use of music in both films. Uh, both have a PG-13 rating. Both have an exact 7.9 rating on IMDb. Uh, and both were festival darlings. Both had standing ovations at Sundance in Toronto. So I mean, very similar in strange ways. <laughs> so and they're both like an hour and forty three minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're really both around almost the exact same runtime <laughs> yeah. as well. Same time, which is like the perfect length for these types of movies. Don't go too much further. Don't go Boyhood. I mean, every you... now and then's nice, but not every time, please. Yeah, uh, Richard yeah. Linklater is really the exception, I think, in that department. Yeah, it's actually insane how many similarities there are, because the movies are completely different. They take place in a different era, first of all. Um, actually, Perks is in the 90s, so that's actually... The mixtapes do make yeah. sense, because nobody has like cell phones. They're listening to records. Records is another similarity. They're popping records on and listening to them and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's actually crazy, but... What film do you think was the better coming of age for the character? perks yeah i'd have to agree yeah. because even though he, I mean, he, he, hey, he went street, through he, some big changes sin street he left big his family behind changes. went to england with a girl on a boat it's a little more fantasy-esque yeah, though the whole film it is very itself is is definitely has fantasy elements with the the way he's making the music videos it's it's very much in his head but this one it's it's raw it's real and he does change as a person with these 
these people that are have been through it. They're three years older than him. They're going through the same shit, but he still has. He always he keeps saying throughout the movie, "I got a thousand days left, a thousand twenty five days left, or something to get through this." So, okay. yeah. And even after the end of his first year, he's like, "Well, I still have a thousand and fifty to go." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something like that. And so you're like, it's like he's he's come through with he's come through really well, but. Okay. He's got three more years, so it's like not how I want to think about high school. Imagine either. perks of being a wallflower, but his senior year, or something like that, and just seeing how he's changed up. and like um, befriending a kid. And Jacob Tremblay is playing the freshman of... coming into high school, and then Logan Ooh, Lerman is Ezra Miller. Mentors. Yeah. Uh, okay, I kind of like where this is going. Um, <laughs> I'm also going to agree that I give the slight edge to perks of being a wallflower in the fact that I think it's a better coming of age film. Uh, and my last question about these two films. What do you think had the better love story, Connor and Rafina or Charlie and Sam? Charlie and Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's just more real to it, me. It had more depth. It had more. It had more of a true love feeling than a quick, like it was more the believable first, maybe. Sing Street. Yeah. Yeah, where they just kind of they bumped into each other. He took his chance, and then she kind they kind of worked their way together. Yeah. And this one, this kid had nothing. Okay, nothing. It's a lot more grounded. But for he me made as well. friends with True. a stranger. But then, but then again, yeah. in Sing Street, he did uh, form a band just because he talked to her and said that he was in a band, which um, is pretty so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's kind of badass. <laughs> Same time, the band actually was good. Um, I just want to play devil's advocate, but I'd, I'd also agree that I think Charlie and Sam was just a, a more entertaining relationship love story for me to watch coming, uh, coming so, from us biased american stupid american yeah from american assholes. fucks we're gonna go with the american films <laughs> we <laughs> a suck. little bit more um yeah. but no i mean take that ireland sing street and perks <laughs> but we love you if you're Flower. listening from there if you have not seen these two coming of age films i think uh we are definitely gonna recommend them if you definitely check them out watch them as a double feature and uh just yeah the compare and contrast them because they're very similar and uh in ways that you didn't really expect so that was kind of interesting but okay so that was uh that was john that was thank you for that's me know, that's mainstream boy taking on this journey journey of coming of Bye, age and unique films that are uh you know okay i'll hit um, you again hard. okay <laughs> and uh so that brings us back to Derry, uh nathan uh or nate Ooh, hello however Whoever wants to go yes. by the little debbie you can call me whatever you want as long as it's not dumbass can what i be dumbass the film <laughs> sure okay thanks you can also be Whistlebridges. so it takes me a little bit to find some movies just because i've seen a lot of great ones and sometimes ones that pop up i'm not always in the mood to watch and it's it's a weird thing that goes through my mind when picking movies but i picked a movie by a director i've never watched before but i own one of her movies from director jane campion it's called the piano <gasps> With Holly Hunter and Anna Paquin, Oscar-winning film um, about a piano, I guess. Is the main character a physical piano? (laughs) I think it's a piano player. (laughs) Okay. No, no, that's the pianist. This is the piano. (laughs) Okay, so I was actually confused. I'm like, we watched the pianist. I don't want to put myself through that film again. It was good, but fuck. We need to do a week where we watch the pianist, the piano, and the piano teacher. Oh, it's three okay. movies. What's that? Isn't there another one with yeah. John Cusack uh, that takes place all in like a uh, a theater or something? It's like a thriller. I got it for a dollar. Grand at the dollar. piano. Grand piano. Yeah, we could watch that one about. too. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but my choice is uh, Gene Campion film, The Piano. I'm very excited about Dang. it. I was very pretty excited. pumped when you submitted the uh, the piano because this is one that I have been wanting to see for a very long time. I've always seen the poster. I know that it had like the record of the youngest person to win an Oscar, uh, and that is Anna Paquin for Best Supporting Actress. She won when she was like eight years old. Um, Wait, really? Holy shit! Yep, so she's yeah. she's like a child in this movie, and she wins the Oscar for uh, for this role. So I've always kind of been curious to see her performance, um, and then that kind of leads us to the double bill because we selected that as uh, as kind of like for the counter. So because Anna Paquin won Best Supporting Actress for the Piano, we decided to pick Margaret. another film that has a uh, Best Supporting Actress win. <laughs> the film that all of us had not have uh, have not seen, just like the Piano. And it is Girl Interrupted. 
if you've heard of this one. Angelina Jolie is the Oscar winner and Best Supporting Actress. Uh, I know the writers in it. Jared Leto's in it. Uh, It's directed by James Mansgold, who did Logan and, you know, Walked the Line, some some great films. Be very uh, curious to check out these performances and see why they won the Oscar. Yeah. Or why perhaps some other people were robbed of the Oscar, maybe. We'll see. True. Um, and also the director of Piano, Jane uh, Campion, she is in the awards discussion for this year coming up. Uh, she hasn't directed a film since 2009, but she has one coming out at the end of the year with Netflix called The Power of the Dog. <gasps> as Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. supposedly getting in for the Best Actor uh, category this year. So, Well, you do like up? dogs, Spencer, also... so I feel like that's going to be at the top of your list. I don't think it has list. to do with dogs. I think it has to do with... Uh, spouse abuse but um oh it's not like a sequel to airbud or something I, I don't know all right i think that's gonna do it for those movie dudes podcast show thank you so much for listening to another episode we're happy to be back we're happy to be back with this type of format i think it gives us an opportunity to talk about some different types of films kind of mix of movies that we've never seen before movies that we need to revisit and kind of everything in between and we can do deep dive discussions on certain themes like if we want to just watch films that give us anxiety we can do that we can watch gravity and whiplash or something like that um so if you have any suggestions on movies that you think would make for a good double feature feel free to hit us up at those movie dudes on instagram just comment on a post send us a direct message we're gonna get back to you we promise and we may even take your suggestion and uh talk about it on the show Speaking of shows, we do have another show that we like to plug. It's called Mainstream Boys. Every single week, John and I get together and we talk about the new release films of that weekend. This coming weekend, we don't have a lot of great stuff. Uh, so we are going to do a deep dive discussion on A24's The Green Knight, which was released VOD recently. I uh, can't wait to do a deep dive into that one. It's been one of my most anticipated films ever since I saw that first trailer like a year and a half ago. So come back at the end of the weekend and hear our discussion of The Green Knight. But first off, John does have another show that he'd like to plug, so I'm going to transition to that. Uh, it's kind of a very niche community or fan base, but if you're into fantasy football, I think you guys will really enjoy it. All right, that's it. Hey, everybody. Do you like podcasts? Do you like the Those Movie Dudes podcast? Well, maybe you want to go check out our sister podcast, Those Fantasy Dudes. If you're into fantasy football, Jonathan from Those Movie Dudes, mainstream boy himself, is joining his friend Jake from college. They're going to break down their fantasy football leagues. We're talking redraft, dynasty, keeper, pretty much everything related to fantasy football. If you're looking for that new podcast, you might as well check it out at Those Fantasy Dudes on Facebook and Instagram and thosefantasydudespodcast.com. You want to see a dead body?